Hello and welcome to the Teaching with Class podcast, the podcast that gives you quick, actionable tips to easily implement in your classrooms. I'm your host, Monica Pujonasif. Super happy to be with you today. In today's episode, we'll be discussing educator sensitivity and how important it is to be in tune with the students in your classroom. We are joined by Romel Mendez. He is a toddler teacher at Chicanos por la Causa, Early Head Start in Phoenix, Arizona. He has been working for CPLC as a toddler teacher for over 10 years. Welcome, Romel. We are so grateful that you are taking the time to share with us some expertise. Tell us a little bit about you, please. Thank you for having me today. I'm very honored to share my experience about early childhood. Little background about me. I started with CPLC around 2010 as a teacher assistant for a migrant and seasonal head start. It was really good. I enjoyed it from the first time I started. I First of all, I love kids. Kids are like teaching them, being around them, playing with them. To me, it's a joy that I don't get it nowhere else. So I already love the feel. And since then, I've always been working with children. I also done other things re- related to working with kids. And uh, like I, I was a care provider for Arizona Care Providers for about a year and a half. I work in after-school programs. I also work for the district, for the Phoenix Union School District as a lead teacher. And I also work as an emergency substitute teacher for the Levine School District. And my favorite age group has always been the little ones, ages two to three or four and five as well. So preschool age is my favorite age group. I just enjoy them a lot and they like a sponge. I just, I love being around them and teaching them new things every day. Thank you so much for sharing that. So inspirational and you've been around and working with children in many places and you are right now in that age group that you love the most. Mm-hmm. So let's start talking about what would you say about how can teachers build trust with the toddlers they work with? For me, one of the things that I, I usually try to understand uh, when working with children is that I, I meet them where they are. So I also embrace their own individuality, you know, who they are. And 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 I build on that, you know. I try to be as caring. I give them affection. I sympathize with them. And... And I think that's very important in building relationships because they can trust you and they can come to you. They can sit next to you. They can sometimes cry next to you, laugh next to you. And that's that's huge. And I have seen kids, sometimes they just gravitate to me without even me saying a word. I, I think it's just <laughs> the energy that you're giving to, they give it back to you. So when you smile at them without even saying a word or when you ask them for high fives or hugs, because I'm a very touchy guy. Like I usually, I, I love giving high fives. I love giving hugs. I love just like tickle them and, and stuff like that. And 
And if I see that they, they like it too, they want to, yes, I'm all for that. Especially the little ones, they love closeness. So, and I like it as well. I think it's very important to be, just to see, meet them where they are and embrace who they are and everything else will fall into place. They will start seeing that, oh, he's someone that I can trust and come and talk to and see next to. Yeah, and I hear you. You said building those relationships, those connections, mm-hmm. and also how genuine you are about this. Yeah. Something that yeah. you feel and they feel that. That chemistry is mutual. Yes. yes. So how do you think being a sensitive teacher, building mm-hmm. these bonds and having the children trust in you, it's impacting the behaviors of toddlers? I think when you are mindful how they feel, and you're in tune with their feelings, they're able to regulate their own emotions better. When you come to them and you sit next to them and you tell them, I understand you're feeling happy or you're feeling sad or they hurt themselves. Or like right now I'm working with uh, with little, little ones. they like one and a half. Well, the oldest is going to be actually, she turns two today in my, the oldest kid in my class. So they're little. So I, you know, whenever they're crying or whenever I feel like I kind of p- try to pick those cues, I'm like, oh, I, I, I see that you might be hungry. Okay, I give them a little snack. Or if they, they start looking around, I hold their hands and I go and show them their family pictures. Or I try to find things that they will help them calm themselves that they're familiar with. Or even like little things like that, we... I kind of like start looking around, what can I help them with to regulate the, their emotions because they don't know how to, and it's up to us to kind of help them over the hump. And when we start picking up and little things that they might need, and also like going back to like embracing who they are and, and meeting them where they are and building that relationship, kind of, okay, I understand John sometimes gets upset after mom leaves. So let me, go and spend a little more time with him or let me go read him a book or let, let, let's go to the comfort area. Let me give him a little stuff animal. Things like that goes a long way. We're helping them regulate their own emotions and their behaviors in school. Excellent. Absolutely. And it's through that sensitivity and being mm-hmm. aware and responding in an individualized way that you mentioned yeah. in the beginning yeah. is guiding their behavior because you're validating their emotion mm-hmm. and giving them the tools to come down and, and you yeah. still learn to self-regulate. Thank you so yeah. much. And let's make a little emphasis on that individualization. Mm-hmm. We might have children with different abilities within the same environment. So some children might have a sensory overload. Mm-hmm talking about lighting or mm-hmm. smells or noises. How can you help students who struggle with that? Having empathy and understanding for there's like we were talking about individuality. Every child is different. You know, some children sometimes get affected by like you, you just say lighting or too much in stimulation in the classroom. We are mindful about that too, especially in every class that I've been to that we're not overstimulating their minds because 
too much to the point that they or you know it's is distracting from their learning or they having a hard time. So we try not to put too much artwork in the classroom. We try not to have bright colors. Like red, red can be a very vivid color for some kids. The lighting too, we don't have a really bright class. So we are aware of those things and we are mindful of those things, especially working with so many different children that come at different, with so many different stages in their lives that we try to be sensitive to that. And that's a big thing for us. And I'm aware of that. So I try to, every time I see a child, I try to pick on those cues, uh, how they feeling, or is it too much? It might be too much toys in one area and they can't clean up. So let me take a little bit, just a little bit out and, and introduce different toys. Things like that, I'm looking into the classroom to make it more comfortable and also not too overstimulating for them. I love how you said you're aware and I'm assuming uh, for what you were saying, you're observing them and getting to know them. And you're absolutely right. Sometimes they need a little less. Right? Mm-hmm. They, they do want mm-hmm. to clean up. You want them to mm-hmm. learn. There's too many blocks. Too many so how blocks. about you take some and they do the rest? I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, like my expectations for them is not to always clean everything up because it can be too much too. Like if you can help, like I, I model for them a lot. So usually, obviously everything here is labeled and by visualize, like, cause they need visuals. Visuals is very important for us. And we have everything labeled with a picture. So, and I modeled for them on top of that. Like this is where the blacks go. This is where the puzzles go. And I go, I hold their hand. And cause this case, this age group, they really small and they need as much support as we can give them. And the expectations is not for them to do everything. If they can help with one, putting one book away, if they take five books away and they put one away, that's okay. You know, even if they don't want to do it right away, I will call the book and I will go with them to show them where they go. So the next time they will do it. So being patient and understanding that sometimes they might not do it right away, that they might not want to do it right there, right and then, it's okay. So having those expectations that they, things sometimes are not going to go the way you want it to, it's okay too, especially working with the age group that we work with because we had to be very flexible with them and, and patient, which is really hard sometimes. But me personally, that's one of the things that I, I always say. I pride myself on saying that, wow, you know, I'm like, and I did like, I wasn't mad, I wasn't angry. Like, you know, I, not that I get angry, but I was like, we did it, I did it, and they, they, they were so calm. I was calm. I didn't, even though we might be late to go outside, like five minutes, but we okay. <laughs> and yes, it, yeah. yes, yes. You spoke about something that is key in this age group, just guiding them. And you yeah. spoke a lot about modeling those behaviors. Yeah. And it's okay. You are yeah. not giving up. You are doing it with them. Oh, yeah, for sure. And yes, tomorrow he might yeah. do it or she might do it. Yeah. And you just also said you surprise yourself every day when you practice your own self-regulation yeah yeah because it's okay five minutes yeah how is that going to change anything Mm -hmm. so all this is so important in the development of social and emotional Mm -hmm. skills 
how can we translate this being sensitive, being aware and being responsive in that individualized way? How can we translate that to learning? So how you being sensitive is promoting growth and development with your young children? By me being sensitive to their needs and sensitive to their emotions, I feel like learning facilitates learning. It makes them able to grasp everything they're learning, whether it is we're talking about something as simple as farm animals. You know, if I'm able to teach the lesson in a calm demeanor and calm voice and sometimes even being a little animated because we had to be for kids to enjoy the lesson or for kids to to like it because if you make it just plain and simple they just look at you and but if you a little animated and dance and and make it a little fun for them they will enjoy it and sometimes some kids i seen that find their interests. I like to see what they like to do, like where they gravitate to, like what, which interest areas they go the most and go there and try to find either like switch out some of the toys and make it a little more challenging. If, they, if I see that they already done with those, like they know how to put the, the, the puzzle that has three pieces, I go and after a little while, I'm like, you know, they, he done it. Let me go find one that has five. Uh, let me go find another one that has six, depending on how they doing it. And that's good because you, you're still challenging them. And if they get frustrated, you're there to support them, you know, and understand that, oh, maybe I thought he was ready for this. I'm going to just keep it at the same where I had before. So you, with us, it's like we always modifying the lesson plan and we're always modifying our lessons and the, and the way we, uh, interact with it, with each child because every day is, it could be different depending on how they're feeling, how they come. One of the things that I also love doing is asking parents how did they, how did he sleep? Is he having a good time at home? I just try to give them that open door for them to tell me anything that might help me prepare myself on how I'm going to teach them or how I'm going to talk to them or how I'm going to if I need to be more extra sensitive, I would be extra more sensitive that day. If I had to change some of the stuff that I was going to do, I would change it just because I want to make sure that the child, is his feelings or his needs are being met where, wow. where he's at. Sometimes with the activities that we do, I notice that some of them, they don't like getting their their hands dirty, <laughs> which is okay. We paint, you know, we do finger painting. Some of them, they don't like that. And I will do, okay, maybe he might like, he might like water. So I will put water or I will do other sensory uh, activity that they might like that doesn't have to do with something that they find, find it as messy or most kids that I find out uh, they like messy activities, but I find that, there's a couple, like I said, they very, they're unique. They might not, not like painting. They might not like playing with the mud or or certain textures. So for those kids, you have to be understandable and we have to find something else that they might like. Romel, you spoke about almost every dimension of class in that toddler age group. You're talking about regard for child perspectives when you say 
me being observing and being aware, I recognize what they like to do. And then you use that so that they can participate in activities Mm -hmm. to learn and to grow. Yeah. And uh, obviously you're talking about facilitation of learning and development domain. When you say also being aware of, hmm, it seems like this child is bored. Let me add a little bit of a challenge. So you're doing those adaptations so that they get that, that cognitive challenge yeah. and their physical challenge. And then you even say, well, it was too hard. I thought that's ch-. So you adapt again. Yeah. So I, I hear that you've been sensitive. You're in constant observation and adaptation to what they need so that they're happy and that they, are, yeah. they learn. It's just, yeah. I am fascinated with your words. Yeah. Because okay, some so, of them go hand in hand as well. You know, when you've been sensitive, but you also got to be able to adapt to other stuff. So exactly. it goes hand in hand. And me being, I feel like sensitivity is one of my top strengths, but I also am able to exhibit those other strengths, those other qualities that I have. Yeah. But the sensitivity is just one of those things that like I want my the environment to be great for a child. I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel comfortable, even with the parents. When they come in, I want them to feel welcome. I want them to feel acknowledged, you know. I want them to know that when they leave their child in our care, they're in the best hands. And we're going to do everything possible to take care of them, to teach them, to guide them, and give them everything they need for them to continue with their education. That's beautiful. Yeah. So to close, based on all of that that you said, Mm -hmm. what you just said at the end, can you give our listeners two or three strategies that you know that they can implement immediately in the classrooms to increase their awareness or their responsiveness or how to adapt activities? One of the tips that I will give them is to get to know your child. And that, that could be as easy as just like spending every day that you're with them try to find something that they enjoy doing and build on that. And another thing is like, try to stay away from labeling and judging a child because we don't know, especially these little kids are so little. They don't, I mean, we had to be given the space to be who they are and embrace who they are and love them because they will come to you and you'll be surprised. They teach me every day. They teach, like I was saying, they teach, like I'd be surprised on myself, man, I, I was, I don't know, I could be that, that patient, like walk with them at the, uh, how they walk, at the pace they walk, you know, <laughs> we were a little late to come back inside from outdoors, but that's okay, because they were enjoying themselves, things like that, like I don't try not to beat myself up for little things like that, I just, like, as long as I know they're safe and they're learning and they're enjoying themselves, I'm okay with that. Thank you, Romel. Thank you so much for sharing your stories, your expertise. You're welcome. And you all know you can find today's episodes and transcript on our website at teachton.com slash podcasts. And thank you, Architects of the Mind, for sharing your love and wisdom with the children of the world and for being here to add to your box of wonders. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.